the London Stadium, the Copper Box, the London Aquatic Centre, the V&A, BBC Studios and UCL East, part of East Bank, the new culture and education district. All around us are world-class sporting, educational, arts and culture facilities. But all around us too, showing this amazing space, are 14 species of dragon and damselflies, 12 species of butterflies, mammals like weasels and red foxes, 7 species of bats and 66 types of birds. In this episode of Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park podcast, we find out more about the wildlife that lives here and how you can see and hear it too. Hi everyone, my name's Tom Bellamy. I'm the Biodiversity Manager at Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park. So Tom, very early in the morning, we're walking down the Greenway. There's a quarry on our left-hand side, but we're, we're off to the old Ford Waterworks. Yeah, that's right. The old Ford Waterworks um, itself has a small nature reserve there. So um, that kind of area of mature trees is really good for attracting in the birds. Um, this time of year, lots of birds are setting up the territories. So it's a great time of uh, day to be out listening to the birds. Um, so we're expecting to hear quite a few. Um, and yeah, the calls that you can hear um, will be robins. Uh, we've got great tits and um, probably a wren in there as well. A little trill kind of call there. How many birds do you know are on Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park and how about how do you even go about finding that out? Um, well since I've started which was nearly two years ago um, I've recorded 66 species um, and that's just being out on the ground really um, we do annual monitoring of all the birds um, as well so we do three breeding bird surveys across the spring and early summer um, and that kind of gives us an, uh, an idea of what, what, what's on the park, what's used in the park and what, uh, more importantly what's breeding on the park. Um, we also have quite a few winter visitors so um, we have jack snipe um, come in, we've also got um, red wing here at the moment that come over from Scandinavia which is a great, great visitor to the park. And you mentioned that we will hear some, some tits and, and robins and wrens, they're the kind of thing you would hear in, 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 in back gardens? Yeah, exactly. They're yeah traditional British garden bird, really. Um, but yeah, they found a home here in this kind of urban setting, so um, which is fantastic, and they're very, very vocal at the moment. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jess Edwards, and I'm a recently qualified horticultural apprentice at the Olympic Park. I used to live on the park um, a few years ago and it was such a solace during, uh, what do we call it, lockdown. I really liked that, I can't remember what that was called. And just kind of being outside, seeing all the wildlife, the greenery, um, particularly because during the first couple of lockdowns I didn't have any outdoor space. And I've, I kind of moved from a project management role and I really wanted to do something hands-on and practical and it was the perfect opportunity on my doorstep. So I just emailed really cheekily and said, hello, will anyone take me on? And they said yes, so that was great opportunity so we can hear one of your colleagues working hard in the yeah. in the background Bless him. tell us what you do on a on a daily basis i think you might be collecting rubbish at the moment that doesn't sound very horticultural no it's not it's not the most glamorous bit of the job but we've got to do it every day um just to keep the park kind of ticking over and in the summer it's a bit more obviously when there are more people out so we start the day off litter picking there's a few routes that we all take um, and emptying the bins 
and then it depends on the season what we're up to really at the moment we've been cutting down all the beds that was a couple of months ago and then mulching everything to kind of give the beds that bit of um, extra protection um, and some nutrients and kind of help them retain moisture after that we're going to go into a long season of weeding that'll be really fun hours on our knees kind of getting out the tough weeds um, but other things we do are things like pruning all the various shrubs um, and the trees as well. We do lots of lawn mowing that should start up quite soon and lots of lawn renovations as well because um, we have a problem with crows eating our lawns. There's so much stuff. I really like also getting involved um, with Tom who's our biodiversity manager and doing kind of mini projects with him. So we've renovated some of the sand martin banks along um, the canal. We've put up some bird boxes and things like that. So yeah, it's really varied. And spring is a, a particularly important season for, for yeah. nature. So what can people expect if they're coming along at, during Easter? Well, I think it's really nice after however many months, four months of kind of seeing lots of dead wood everywhere. We're finally seeing some green. We've got a little bit of colour as well. Um, that should start coming up more and more in the next couple of weeks. All the birds tweeting, just being outdoors, you know, feeling a bit more warmer. You don't have to wear three layers and, you know, just enjoying the fresh air. And this park, we're standing with the V&A, new V&A building and the yeah. UAL building towering over us, the stadium to the other side of us, and then all this nature yeah. as well. It's an incredible place. Yeah, I think it's something that um, East London hasn't really had before the Olympic Park, and I, that's why I love it so much. I think it's so important um, to bring kind of greenery to urban spaces because otherwise there's thousands of people who just aren't really getting in touch with nature and kind of getting the benefits that it gives as well um, not just to people but the environment and everything um, and not only that as you say all the building it's amazing we, there's so many different aspects coming to the area if you haven't been since 2012 it's changed a lot I remember being where we are now and I think it was all multicolored tarmac-y stuff and it's really different now and it looks great and we're standing here by one of the playgrounds which is obviously great for families this is on the south park and then on the north park there's also the tumbling bay which is a great kind of wooden structure I happen to have been on a few times and have really enjoyed myself as well. So, yeah, I really recommend it for families. So, Tom, we've moved on to the Great British Garden. Firstly, tell us about wh where this is in the park and, and what's here. So, the Great British Garden is located in South Park. Um, it's kind of a hidden gem, really. Um, it's got a very nice pond. It's surrounded by um, hedgerows and semi-mature woodland. Um, and, yeah, it's got the, the old Lee coursing past it. Um, Great place to sit and have your lunch. Great place to do a bit of bird watching. I come here most days. Um, in fact, I've just been there earlier in the morning to do an amphibian survey. Um, so I had 45 smooth newts in the pond there. So it's a yeah, very, very productive um, corner of the park. I thought I was up early to see the sunrise, but you've been here for what, since 4 a.m.? Yeah, got yeah. I was up at uh, a, a nice 2:45 this morning to make it in for a four o'clock start. Yeah. <laughs> and how important is it that you you get to count how many newts are here and 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 hope that they obviously grow? It's really important. Um, we can't really um, effectively manage the park without knowing what's here. Um, so the annual monitoring that I carry out and I carry that out with the help of volunteers as well. Um, feeds back in um, and informs our management decisions so it's really important to know what's here. So what are we listening to at the moment here in, in the Great British Garden? I thought it was a woodpecker but it's not. Um, so we've got a chiff chaff um, calling, um, they're, um, they would have just come over from Africa um, and I believe in the distance there's a dunnock. Um, we've had a coot as well. 
and um, a carrion crow, which is a yeah a common bird on the park. And then up in the trees, we have managed to spot one of two species of woodpecker that you have in the park. That's right. Yeah, we've got um, the uh, great spotted woodpecker and the green woodpecker here. So obviously, I would I'd love to have the lesser spotted. That would you know the trifecta. But um, yeah, still holding out for that one, unfortunately. And also, there's a world record that Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park holds for the number of bird boxes. That's right, yep. So we have, um, well, following, following the Games, there were 525 boxes put up um, and 150 bat boxes. Um, since then, we've put up a further nine. Obviously, it's not, not a huge number, but we're hoping to continue that because they've been a, a good take-up of those. So five out of the nine that we've put up have already had prospecting and um, have been occupied by birds. So that's fantastic. And also, everything's changed in, in 10 years. It's an ever-evolving landscape. That's right, yeah. You know, uh, the park continues to develop. Habitats are constantly changing. Um, yeah, and we're just we're seeing the biodiversity kind of change with it. You know, we're, we're on an increase at the moment, which is fantastic. So, um, yeah, it's a great time to come and see it. I'm Neil Glucksman-Smith. I'm one of the community guides on the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park. The Great British Garden. What's the gold, silver and bronze bit? Uh, well, um, as you walk into the garden coming from the river, you'll see a huge sort of bronze globe um, surrounded by lovely planting. Then as you move through, you then go to the silver birches and there's a wonderful um, sundial and you can stand on it and it's even actually um, calibrated for British summertime and GMT and then you move further towards going towards where the pond is and you'll see more gold planting at one time but they've changed it to make it more sustainable but you do have your oak trees which are quite special. In 1894 Baron de Coubertin went to a place called Much Wenlock in Shropshire because he'd heard about the, the, the villages around there during the Victorian period used to have their Olympian Games. He was so impressed that that helped feed the development of the modern Olympiad. When he was there he planted some oak trees. When we knew that we were going to have the Olympics they took some acorns from those oak trees, propagated them at Kew and they were planted in the Great British Garden. When we take groups round, we actually explain to them about uh, the fact that there's a link with Much Wenlock. And there were two mascots, one was Mandeville and one was Wenlock. And so that actually gives the context to the fact that we have one called Wenlock. So as we continue to walk round the London Stadium, you mentioned Wenlock and Mandeville. You then come across Mandeville Place. And actually coming here in springtime, you can begin to see the trees in full bloom. You can. Um, I was out this week and you can start to see the buds coming through. And what you've got is fruit trees. And there are 34 different varieties of fruit trees. And that represents the 34 Paralympic gold medals that were won by Team GB in 2012. And it celebrates the Paralympic movement. Para meaning parallel games. Some of the trees are named after some of the Paralympic athletes. Uh, there's an Ellie Simmons. Ellie Simmons has got a cooking apple. <laughs> and I think um, David Weir's got a pair. <laughs> he won a lot of gold medals, probably more than a pair, to be fair. That's true, that's true, very true. And we forget that we're on a bit of an island in Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park, generally. And when you walk round these gardens, you kind of get that feeling because of the waterways around you. Yeah, and some people think these are all sort of, they've been created. But actually, if you go back 
18,000 years, that's how the Riverline was. And where the Olympic Stadium is was actually called Stratford Marsh. We look around us, there are buildings, high-rises, the new V&A, but then we have this amazing space as well. It's the biggest urban park created in over 150 years, and I think sometimes we forget that we've got f over 560 acres, a lot of it down to, to planting. And I think you get preoccupied with the building, but actually sometimes forget that the planting is actually amazing and how much thought went into it in the first place. So we've taken a wander in the lovely park. It's an absolutely glorious morning and you, you forget how amazing this park is, although you, Tom, probably don't because you're here most mornings. Yeah, I mean, I try and get out in the park every day now, um, particularly going into spring and summer. I'll be out surveying all the time. Um, and yeah, we're up near the North Park reed beds. Um, so the reed bed is an area dominated by common reed um, and it's a declining habitat across Lee Valley. So this was put in following the games um, and it's an incredibly important habitat. It's probably my favorite habitat on the whole park. Um, and yeah, we manage it annually by doing a 20% cut down and that um, increases the habitat complexity and the birds respond really positively to that. So it's great. So what kind of birds are, are being bred in the reed beds? Um, so we have um, reed bunting, sedge warbler, reed warbler, chetty's warbler. The grey heron come down probably from Walthamstow wetlands up the river um, to forage here. We have little egret using the park as well. Um, so yeah, a whole host of birds really. And also did we see what you said is a sniper? It, yeah, we saw a jack snipe, um, so that's a winter visitor to the park. Um, not yet confirmed breeding, but I'm hoping to. I have seen a pair this, this year, um, so fingers crossed for that. But yeah, it's an it's a incredibly um, specialised bird, so it's a, it's a wader that thrives in this kind of wetland ecosystem. Um, very susceptible to disturbance, so we did flush it this morning. Um, but at least we got to see it in flight because it has got this amazing kind of darting flight. So if you're lucky enough to see one, then it's, it's a really special bird. And then all around the park there are the original trees, the original bushes and, and, we, and we can hear other birds here again, very similar to what you might hear in a garden, we can hear magpies and, and blackbirds. That's it, yeah. Um, yeah, all your kind of standard garden birds are here and then we have, you know, a couple of just rarities really. So we have um, black red star, um, which is a schedule one very rare bird, one of the rarest breeding birds in the country. Um, we have them breeding in Stratford Westfield area. Um, and yeah, they're an urban specialist bird. So we also have linnet, which is a traditionally a farmyard bird um, that, you know, they'll, they'll be out on Hopkins Field um, looking for seeds. So it's, yeah, we get all the standard birds plus a little bit of special ones as well. Hello, my name is Shirley Henry. I am a park champion volunteer at Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park. We have a mobility service. We pick up customers from various parts like uh, the Orbit, we also have the Velodrome and Copper Box area as well, in addition to Timber Lodge. And around there, it's important that people feel like they can see every part of the park. 
Absolutely, it's completely accessible. There's so much to see and do there. And it's, it's such a great space and there is an awful lot to see there, especially uh, wildlife. We do actually have um, volunteers who will actually take people around through on walks and talk about all the different things that we have within the space. And that's something that they can get to see. You obviously say that that's a walkthrough, but if you have mobility issues, you can have help with that. Yes, absolutely. Like I said, that's one of the services that we can actually we can actually assist with that. I was a performer in the opening ceremony of London 2012. I spent a few months here, particularly at the stadium, before it was open to everyone. So it was it was so exciting, and I was also a volunteer for the Olympics and Paralympics. This is a space that I really do enjoy being in and it's just wonderful what we do here. It's not just providing people with information, it's a whole lot more. You mentioned the mobility service, yeah. where do we find you? We are based over at the information point and uh, there will always be someone there to greet you and uh, assist you and just find out what exactly it is that you need and we then sort of take it from there. So the message Shirley this spring, come along. Absolutely. Please come along to Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park. There's lots to see and do and it is a fantastic space. So our final stop on our journey is the London Blossom Garden up near Timber Lodge where the playground is not far from, from the velodrome. Firstly, this is an important part of the park and a new part of the park. That's right, yeah, it was recently, um, recently developed um, and yeah, it's got uh, lots of lots of fruit trees that uh, that blossom at this time of year and each of the trees represent a London borough and it's a memorial to um, those who um, pass on during Covid. Because of the different species of trees we have here yeah, it's, it's designed to kind of stagger that blossom to last as long as possible. And Thomas we stand here in the London Blossom Garden we've just seen uh, is it a pair of kestrels or one kestrel? Yeah it was a solitary uh, kestrel being mobbed by a crow. Um, crows are fiercely territorial uh, and yeah they they won't uh, they won't tolerate the threat of a kestrel particularly around the breeding season um, but it's it's fantastic to see kestrels using the park um, so we have three species of raptor that use the park um, kestrels being one sparrowhawks and peregrine falcons so if you're lucky on a clear day and you look up in particularly in the southeast corner of the park you might see peregrine falcon which is um, becoming a more common sight across London but still absolutely incredible bird so What's your favourite? My favourite is the San Martin. Um, so they have recently come in the last week. They've turned up from a long journey back from Africa and they breed every year in the drainage holes coming off Stadium Island. So if you're walking in South Park along the City Mill River, stop and have a look at the little holes on the concrete embankment and you'll see these small brown birds and they've had this incredible migration and they breed every year. And it's, uh, yeah, it's easily my favourite bird. And just again to finish, the contrast between where we're standing now, where we can hear the birds singing, we've got planes flying above us, we've got students living around the corner, we've got East Bank coming with more uh, tourists visiting, you've got ABBA fans in the park. This is an incredible place. It is, yeah, there's always lots going on. Um, and yeah, I mean, but the, from a biodiversity standpoint, it's, it's really unique in that we're, it's such an urban park, but we're able to deliver such a high um, variety of biodiversity so it's um, yeah it's, it's really fantastic yeah. Tom Bellamy 
Biodiversity Manager, Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park. This is Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park podcast. Want to know more about what's happening? Hit follow where you're listening to this episode for many more stories, including wildlife, wetlands and waterways. Or check out queenelizabetholympicpark.co.uk.